0: Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. We behold you. We look. We stir. We fix our gaze on the Lamb of God who is sufficient for the sins of the world. We give you praise. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. Great to see you all here this morning. Motivational speaker Ken Davies tells this story. Let me read it to you. A woman happened to be looking out of the window of her home one day, and she was horrified to see her German Shepherd shaking the life out of the neighbor's rabbit. Just have a look at this photo of a German Shepherd in case you don't know what it is. Her family had been quarreling with these neighbors. This was certainly gonna make matters worse. She grabbed a broom and ran outside, pummeling the dog until he dropped a rabbit, now covered with dog saliva and extremely dead. After a moment's consideration, the woman lifted the rabbit with the end of the broom and brought it into the house. She dumped its lifeless body into the bathtub and turned on the shower. When the water running off the rabbit was clean, she rolled him over and rinsed the other side. Now she had a plan. She found her hair dryer and blew the rabbit dry. Using an old comb, she groomed the rabbit until it looked pretty good. Then, when the neighbour wasn't looking, she hopped over the fence, snuck across the backyard and propped him up in his cage. No way was she going to take the blame for this. About an hour later, she heard screams coming from the neighbor's backyard. She ran outside pretending she didn't know what was going on. What's happened? What's happened? She asked innocently. Her neighbour came running to the fence, blood drained from her face. Our oh, rabbit, our oh, rabbit, she, she, she blubbered. He died two weeks ago, we buried him and now he's back. <laughs> what manner of rabbit is this? But it wasn't really alive, it was a fluffed up dead rabbit. This Easter Sunday, We do not worship a fabricated story of some fluffed-up Savior. We worship a risen, glorified Savior. He is risen. And I decided months ago, I knew what I wanted to speak on. I wanted to speak, because what else would you speak on on Easter Sunday than hope? I wanted to speak on, and, and the phrase that I had in my mind actually was, I wanted to speak on ultimate hope. And so I did some research, some Googling, and I found a message by someone else who actually has used that very title, ultimate hope, a man called John Ortberg. So basically I plagiarized his message today because it was so good I thought I can't say it any better. But I want to start in talking about death. I don't like talking about death. And I've never met anyone who does. It's not a subject we want to discuss. We try to hide away as much as we can death. But honestly, it's big business in our world today. Just a quick Google search again showed me that you can buy not just eco-friendly coffins, caskets, you can buy themed coffins of animals and pets printed, floral printed, hobbits printed, military and patriotic, musical printed, photo framed, scenic, spiritual, sport, textured, vehicles, and they can cost you anything up to 20,000 pounds for just one. I don't know if there's ever been a culture that has spent more money on death but less time and attention to what comes after death. Now, this hasn't always been true for us. This is a prayer I'm going to read to you that maybe some of you said as you were growing up. It says this, Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. It's a cheery prayer to pray with your children as you go into sleep, isn't it? God bless you. There's a second verse to it that says this, Our days begin with trouble here. Good night, love. Our life is but a span, and cruel death is always near. So frail a thing is man. Night, honey, sweet dreams. But people used to pray that prayer in generations past with their children because they wanted them to be aware that death is real, but it's not the end. Death is real, but it's not the end. There's another way to think about death. Have any of you here ever heard or recognised this name? Or if you're online watching us, you can write his name if you know it there. A guy called Mel Blank. Anyone heard of him? Yeah, a few people? Well, here's a clue of who he is. Just take a look at this quick clip. That's all, folks. No, he's not the pig, he is the voice of the pig. He did over a thousand cartoon character voices in Looney Tunes. And at the end of each of those cartoons, that always came up, that's all folks. Mel Blanc died in 1989. Do you know what his family put on his grave stone? Have a look at this picture. You'll see it here. There it is. That's all, folks. Man of a thousand voices. You see, this is the question this Easter Sunday. Is that all, folks? Is that true? Or is it, he is risen? You can't have both. He is risen. Does death mean that the show is over? Or is it possible that the show is just about to begin? I want to go through a story in the book of John. We've been doing a series on the book of John. And the other thing I wanted to do was I wanted to finish, in effect, the series that we've been doing. It's all been about truth, called fake news. Now we're here today, and I want to... Go through the story that's found in John chapter 11. It's a story about life and death and then life again. It involves a really good friend of Jesus. In fact, most people think this was his best friend. He lived in a house with his two sisters, this guy, Mary and Martha, and they lived in a place called Bethany. And When Jesus went to Bethany, which was kind of a suburb of Jerusalem, When Jesus went to Bethany, he always stayed with this family. They were some of his closest friends. And one day, the guy, whose name is Lazarus, gets sick. And he's so sick, we don't know what it is, but he goes to the doctor, and the doctor says to him, you're not going to last long, this is the end, sorry. And the sisters, Mary and Martha, are so concerned, they think there's no hope, Lazarus is going to die We need Jesus. But the last time Jesus was in town, they tried to stone him and kill him. And he left town. Now he's some distance away, but they know Jesus has performed miracles for all kinds of strangers. He's laid hands on the sick. He's touched people that are called untouchable. He's helped people left, right, and center. He's a miracle-working individual. So he knows if Lazarus is sick, he's going to come and pray for him. So they send a message. And the message is they're simply, Lord, the one you love is sick. Don't even name him. The one you love is sick. So Jesus is going to know, isn't he? That's Lazarus. Come on, guys. Come on, boys. Let's get back. We're going to have to help him. And This is what it says in the passage as it goes on. When he heard that Lazarus was sick, this is John 11, 5 and 6, he stayed where he was two more days. If someone you knew was close to death and you knew you could help them, wouldn't you go immediately? Why does Jesus stay two more days? He has his reasons. He has his reasons. Finally, he says to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Let's go and see Lazarus and the family, What he knew what was happening to Lazarus. Let's let's go back. And the disciples aren't happy. Because remember, last time Jesus was here, they they stoned him. They drove him out. The disciples aren't happy. He said, why should we go back there? They're going to kill us. And eventually Thomas says, if we must, Thomas is the kind of happy guy you want around everywhere. If we must, let's go. Let's die with you. So they head back to Bethany. And by the time they get there, note this, Lazarus has been dead for four days. Four days he's been in the tomb. And Martha runs out to meet Jesus. And this is what she says. I want you to note this. Hear this. Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if only. This Easter Sunday, online in the room. Have you got any if onlys? If only I hadn't said that. Anyone ever struggled with the uh, control in their tongue? Oh, just me. If only I'd have gone to the doctors earlier. If only I'd have told them before they passed, I love you. If only I'd have said, please forgive me. And our if only's can sometimes eat away, gnaw away at us. I woke up in the night. I had a dreadful night's sleep last night, just for your information. I knew what I was going to preach on today, but some if only's came into my mind. And I'm lying there thinking, if only, if only, if only. Where do I take my if-onlys? Where do you take your if-onlys? So some of us think there's nowhere else to go with them. I'm just stuck with them ruminating in my mind. If-only, 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 if-only. You can take them somewhere. Like a Martha. You can take them to Jesus. And you can leave them there. Oh, I could finish now. I, I, I was watching in the worship, looking at this cross, and I can't move it, it's all plugged in, but I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful just to bring it down here and stand the rest of the service? You can all come out and lay your phone lease at the foot of Jesus, because you've got nowhere else to take them, but he'll take them for you. And that's why he died on a cross, to bear your if-onlys and to take your undoings and your stupid acts. Anyone here stupid? Yeah, we're all in this together. I was looking at a, a, lie, a, a, a chat online yesterday about the, the, the um, cross equals heart. I was looking at it, and I decided to read some of the comments that some people have put about us. Some nasty stuff out there, guys. Some people are ignorant as well, but the, my favorite one was that C3, because someone said it was C3 who did it. That C3, it's full of weirdos. <laughs> so I just popped back to a friend, and I'm the chief of weirdos. <laughs> of course we are. We're all flawed, and we all need a savior. Yeah. Bring your if only's to Jesus. And Jesus then says something, and this is where I want to focus on for the next few minutes. Jesus said this to Martha after she said, her with uh, 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 if only, and Lazarus is dead four days." This is what Jesus said. This, this is what the most glorious statement you could ever hear. This is what Jesus said. Ready? I am. Just that phrase. Is powerful if you know your Bible. Just that phrase. But nevertheless, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives and believes in me will live and never die. And then, she asks, and then he asks her a question. Do you believe this? And that's my question to you today. Do you believe? Believe this. See, it's not a cross with anyone on it. It's an empty cross. Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Because if you do, if you believe in him, you will live. This life brings on a whole new meaning. Oh, and guess what? Death is not, that's all, folks. Death is not the end. Just think of that phrase. If you, if you called me and said to me, hey, someone's dying, My, your best friend is dying, can you come and pray? And then I leave it a couple of days, number one, I, I go fishing. Let's say I go fishing, because I can't think of anything better to do. I'm going to go fishing. You're dying, but I'm going fishing. And then eventually think, yeah, I'll get there. And then when I come, everyone's crying, sister comes out, oh no, it's awful, if only, if only. And Then I say this, I am the resurrection and the life. You'd think I was mad. Because no one else has ever said, no Buddha, no Mohammed, no other God that claims to be God has ever made this claim. I am the resurrection and the life. Fear not. Do you believe this? And then Martha, she kind of gets all religious. Oh, I believe in the resurrection. <laughs> Yeah, good, 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 but not just the resurrection. What about here and now? If you're curious about Jesus, do come on the Alpha Course. Come and ask us any question you like. We may not have all the answers, but we'll try. If you don't know, well, I know he's the resurrection and the life, and it is a faith dimension, but it's an informed faith. It's not a blind faith. And part of what Alpha does is seek to inform you why we believe the Bible, why we believe in the resurrection, because it is historically verifiable with witnesses. And the fact that we're all here today with billions of others across the world worshiping a living Savior maybe tells you there's something in it. So come, come with us on the Alpha course. Come and enjoy the questioning. And then this is what Jesus does. He goes to the tomb And he says, move the stone. Now, if you knew Martha and some of the other stories about Martha, you'd know she's a pretty fastidious person. She likes things clean. And she says to Jesus, Jesus, if we roll the stone away, the smell will be awful. Sounds like Looney Tunes, doesn't it? The smell will be awful. Don't, don't roll. He's been dead four days, and four days is important in a Jewish context because they believe that after three days the spirit departed. So basically, what the writer, John, is saying, Lazarus was dead. You need to know he was dead. And Jesus still says, roll the stone away. And then Jesus does this strange thing. Nothing. He hasn't said anything yet. Roll the stone away. They're all covering their faces and thinking it's going to be a right stink. Four days in this heat is going to be awful. And then Jesus says, "This, Father, I know that you hear me. Why? What? What's happened? No smell. Because the two days when Jesus carried on where he was." He wasn't doing nothing. He was doing this. Father, would you preserve Lazarus? There's work for me to complete here. Father, would you let up there come down here so that when I do go, they'll know you hear me. He was praying. One of the most powerful things you can do, by the way, is pray. So when the tomb is opened, no rotting flesh, no decay. He's st- still in the grave. And if Jesus hadn't said the next word, he'd still be in the grave. No smell. No decay. And then Jesus says, I don't know whether Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. Or whether he just says, Lazarus, come on. And Lazarus, and I was going to do a. A, 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 a kind of a play on this would be great, but I didn't know how to choose. Someone walking out from behind here like a mummy, all with bandages. Half of you might run and think, what's going on here? And he had the bandages around him, no smell. And they took the grey clothes off him. And Lazarus was brought back to life. But this isn't the ultimate resurrection. Because this guy, Lazarus, He's not immortal when he rises from the dead. <laughs> Bad news, Lazarus, you're going to die again. I mean, I don't know how he got insurance, but he's going to die again. Maybe he claimed on the first one, you're going you're to die again. In fact, a few, few verses later, you find that because of the testimony of Lazarus, when he's going around telling everyone, I was dead, but Jesus raised me from the dead. I was, I was dead, but Jesus raised me from the dead. Lots of people started to believe in him. So the Pharisees decided, we're going to kill him. I mean, the irony. His testimony is, I was dead, now I'm alive because of Jesus. Now they're trying to kill him. One day, we don't know when, Lazarus did die. But there's one person. That rose from the dead, never, never to die again. When Jesus came out of the, groove, uh, the grave, he said, "On the cross, it is finished." Someone whistling, or is that a phone? Everybody. <laughs> The ultimate resurrection is Jesus. The ultimate resurrection, it is finished. He's completed the work that he came to do. So that it means when death comes from someone, comes for someone who's put their trust in Jesus, someone who follows him, that's not all, folks. There is someone in heaven right now at the right hand of the Father that we can put our faith in, that basically says this, if we follow him, we will have eternal life. I'm going to close. The Author Anne Lamott says this, for the Christian, death is just a change of address. Just a change of address. I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what challenges you've got. Relational, financial, health. Maybe you're going to say, I have got any challenges right now. Life's just a breeze. Well, we're all going to face the challenge of death. Because last I checked, the percentage figure around death was just about hovering at 100%. We're all going to face it. And I'm going to pray a prayer before we watch a a story, someone whose life's been changed by meeting the risen Savior. See that? This is part of the proof. Life's changed. Well, before I do that, I want to pray a prayer, and I want us all to pray this prayer. It's a prayer to a living, resurrected Savior. That if you put your trust in Him, there's promise of eternal life and eternal life starts now. Not then, now. And at the end, as you leave, you're going to get brownies at the door, but there's going to be people standing there with Bibles. And if you have prayed this prayer for the very first time or as a recommitment to Jesus on this Easter Sunday, then just say to the person with the pile of Bibles, can I take one of those, please? In an ideal world, we'd like to take your details, but if you don't want to give your details, just take the Bible. The Bible would do you good. And read some of it. But it's a sign that you said today, I choose to follow Jesus. And this Easter Sunday, you can have your own taste of the resurrection. When you're born again and eternity begins inside you. I am the resurrection and the life. Come on. Pray this with me, and then if you pray the first time, do get a Bible of a recommitment as, as we leave later. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, today I put my trust in you. Forgive me for thinking I know best. I choose you as my leader and Lord. I believe you are alive. Thank you, Jesus Christ, my Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Do take a Bible as you go. Watch this story here of a life that's been changed by the resurrected Christ.
1: i grew up in poland um, which is quite a catholic um, country Um, my uh, uncle was a bishop and my grandma she worked for um, the catholic church and i grew up knowing all the prayers and knowing all the stories about jesus but i didn't really have a relationship with god and i didn't understand why i would need to have a relationship with god anyway looking back at it now with hindsight i know that god had called me by name a long long time ago Um, i just wasn't Open to it, my heart wasn't open to that calling, um, and I have um, felt the presence of God before, but I just didn't realise it. And uh, when I went to university uh, to do my bachelor's degree, I, um, you know, I had this kind of missing piece inside of my heart, um, and I tried to um, numb that kind of pain of that missing piece with um, alcohol, drugs, lust, um, but it just wasn't working, and. Um, kind of spiralled into depression um, and coming out of that I went um, onto my placement year. I decided to go back home uh, to Manchester and I did an unpaid, unpaid placement um, meaning that I had to work two part-time jobs um, on the side so I was out of the house from 8am till 11pm six days a week and I was just exhausted uh, for a good six months um, and coming back home um, there were issues at home as well. So all of that coupled together, it caused me to you know, not want to get out of bed um, on a daily basis. Um, and I was quite sad um, for a very, very long time. Uh, and one day um, I was invited to church by one of my friends. Um, and uh, it was just a, a very casual question and answer kind of preach that day. Um, but there was something that the pastor said that was very, very profound and it just felt like there was a spotlight on me. Of course there wasn't, but it just felt like the pastor was looking directly at me and God was speaking through him. Um, And that was the start of my wrestle with God that week, um, which reminds me of Jacob quite a lot. Um, I was wrestling with God, I wasn't opening my heart up to him, even though there was a clear calling from him. Um, And there were many instances during that week where God made it quite clear to me um, that he was calling his lost sheep back Um, and then um, after a few times of um, feeling like God was calling me back I decided to say yes to Jesus um, a week after and a month later um, we actually went into lockdown. So going from this busy lifestyle of not having even time for myself and just being really, feeling really lost, I had the opportunity to just slow down and get to know God a bit more and learn what having a relationship with Jesus looks like. And I actually um, reunited with some of my friends from a few years back who were, um, funnily enough, saved a few months back as well. So it was very interesting how we went from going out together and doing stupid stuff to praising Jesus um, together and and, um, building a community in a a time of loneliness. Two years later, I actually got a job in Cambridge because of um, my placement year. So even though I struggled so much and I didn't understand why I had to go through all that pain, and I realised that I was being prepared for something here in Cambridge, and that was to be rooted in church. Um, C3 provided a community at a time when um, I felt like I really needed a community and I understood the importance of serving in church. I served on the youth team because when I was younger I didn't understand why I had to have a relationship with God and so now I want to pour into those young minds um, and I want to be used as a vessel by God uh, to show them the importance of having a relationship with God Uh, from an early age which is what I would have wanted for myself, looking back at it now. To encourage people um, who are kind of having this wrestle with God right now, I would say, ask God um, to show you who he really is. Um, Ask God to show you something new about him every day. And like Gideon did, with the right attitude, ask him to um, reveal himself to you?
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you.